The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, number 79 for November 20th, 2006. Listening to the smooth sounds of the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. Anyway, I'm Dave Hamilton. Hi, John. How are you? Thank you for that pleasant introduction. Dave. Yeah, we got to change it up a little bit. It's it's a short week. It's uh it's Turkey Week here and uh, here in stateside, as it as it were. Yes, we we celebrate. Uh, we give thanks by slaughtering a you know formerly live creature. <laughs> and eating it. You can have a to- you can have a tofurkey too. You can. I thought it so was. So here's some I of the trends. Was... One trend is the deep frying. You hear about this? Oh, let me tell you, the so best do it. the best deep fried turkey I ever had was in the uh, the parking lot at the Meadowlands b- before a Jets game. Mm-hmm. My my brother in law is a serious tailgater, and uh-huh. uh, and and we've deep fried a turkey with one of those uh, propane things out out in the parking lot best turkey i ever had anyway wow. but yeah. just be careful because some people try to put a frozen turkey into a vat of boiling oil <gasps> not a good idea i'm serious you read about it every year it's a bad idea bad things will happen but mac and oh. turkey advice from the mac geeks from the mac okay. observer what are right? we doing let's get we've got all it. kinds of feedback to go through and i did an interesting little experiment today um that uh i have two old ipods and a 3G and a 4G. I know, I know, not that old, but, you know, here in, <clears throat> in uh, the land of, of uh, toys, that those are old. So, uh, and they both had dead batteries. We're going on this cruise in a couple of weeks with the, uh, the family vacation here, and I thought it would be a nice little treat to have these iPods working for the kids to use on the cruise. Dead? What's so, that? So, so I'm curious how you gauge the deadness. Like, if you tried to charge, it wouldn't? No, it wouldn't hold the charge for more than you know at, at most 20 minutes one of one of them wouldn't hold it for a minute right. the other one was you know close to a half hour so it was yeah not not okay not usable so i ordered uh you know my buddy is over there at uh at tech restore shannon and so i ordered uh two battery that was weird this just cut out uh i ordered two batteries from him and uh why is this cutting out you know i hate the dot max sync thing i've ranted about this before it it's sinking or, or something and just eating all my processor. But anyway, mm. yeah. So uh, batteries, same same battery for for both or no? Well, it no no no. One was a I think a, a 750 and one was uh, um, an 1100. I think it was a, a 750 or 850 milliamp hour for the 3G and uh, an 1100 for the 4G. And I, from what I understand, I think that's faster or uh, faster. See, I'm still <laughs> obsessed with this stupid thing, uh, it, but it stopped. Thankfully, uh, they're, they're both higher capacity than what originally came with it, but and certainly higher capacity than what I was, uh, you know, walking away from. So I was really concerned about how to get inside these things. And, uh, and the, you know, they, they both came with a little piece of paper that kind of tells you how to open it. I did a little bit of web searching. Actually, I didn't. Corey Cooper over at, uh, at the Mac OSG podcast pointed me to a couple of videos that, uh, that OWC, Otherworld Computing, MacSales.com has online. And, uh, man, these videos made it so easy 
to do this because they totally walked you through the entire process of first, you know, separating the uh, the case from the, you know, the back from the front of the case and then wedging this little tool that, that came with it in there and uh, and prying the thing open and then pulling the hard drive out and then pulling the battery out and putting it all back together. They, it, these videos are totally, totally worth it. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going to do this, check it out beforehand and you can gauge whether this is, you know, an, an operation for you. Because my observation is when you look at the, the device, it's so beautiful and well-formed. Yep. They didn't really want you to get inside of it. They sure didn't. They wanted it to look like a big block of iPod. Yep. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, that's right. It is. It's just a big block of iPod. That's right. But uh, it, th- these, I mean, the guy that does these, these videos Two things. A, he's a stud. He's he's done this, you know, probably a hundred times. So he totally knows what he's doing. And B, I'm pretty sure that these iPods that he opened for the videos had been opened before, and and they do loosen up a little bit. It that said, now that mine are back together, there you, you couldn't tell that they were opened. Um, okay. I, do you have to be careful in like prying, or are there screws involved? Or? Uh, on the 4G, there. I did remove some screws inside uh, just to loosen up the logic board uh, so I could pull the cable, the battery cable out from underneath it. Presumably you could do it without it, but they recommend, uh, you know, pulling, pulling it out really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, But you do need a T6 Torx screwdriver to, uh, to, to pull that out. Thankfully I had one. So So is it like pry, is it, is it, you know, pressing down on a secret spot or flexing something? Yep. You, uh, you take the iPod and you put it screen side down and to the right. So, you know, if the, the, the screen is, is basically facing your right palm and you start to pry on the kind of what would then be the, 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 the front and then the, the back top and pull them away from each other. And it, and it will, it'll separate the, the, again, the video shows it perfectly. Mm. And then as soon as you do that, you wedge this little tool in there and the first thing you do is bring the tool around the front corner and then start to slide it down. And once you hit the front corner, then it'll it'll kind of pop open. And from there, it's pretty easy. You don't want to rush anything. You've got to go fairly slowly around the bottom, especially if you've got the dock connector there and, you know, to separate that out and then come around the top. There is a small little ribbon cable that connects the, the what will then be the top and the bottom of the iPod. Obviously, you want to open it very carefully so that you don't... Uh, you don't rip this ribbon cable. And and again, that's where seeing these videos makes all the difference in the world because you know what you're supposed to do and you know what you're going to see once you open it up. It, it total, totally increased my confidence level. The worst part was on the 4G, which is also true, of course, of the, the uh, iPod photo. The battery is actually glued in and you've got to apply a truckload of pressure to pop the to pop the battery out it, it it's a like it the whole bottom of the thing is is like on this glue seal but uh but no, again knowing that it you, you know you had to apply this pressure it was like okay well i'll just you know get after it and, and i did and it each each one took less than five minutes to do and it was the first time i'd ever done it so okay and then when everything got back together did uh you know the the just started the iPods acted like they yeah just yeah. You just got it new because I yeah. guess it forgot everything, right? But that's not that that's a big deal. It forgot, obviously, whatever oh, I'm sorry, was on their the, hard drive. Yeah. No, I meant like the, the time and stuff. It like forgot that, the but, time and the language and all that stuff. But uh, it was as though right I did up. a factory reset, but it started right up. And yeah. uh, and then I've, I've got them charging. One of them had finished and the other one was uh, was still going when I left my desk a couple hours ago. I, I, I should have checked it to make sure that, you know, the battery's all good and all that. But uh, presumably it, 
it's just fine. So now, do they recommend that you run it all the way down once, or does it not really matter? I don't know. It's a lithium-ion battery, which also begs the question of what do I do now with these dead batteries? Because I don't think they want me to throw those in the trash, but I've got to research that. And uh, but uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to run it down. I, I imagine that wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, yeah, because I know that at least the Apple batteries are a lot of the uh, a lot of the PowerBook uh, batteries. They recommend uh, there, there's a you know, a little chip that needs to be calibrated in yep. there that tells the machine. And actually, I saw this with a, a friend's Mac. It was weird as it got up to 99% if it, you do a, uh, yep. you know, show percentage full on the battery. Yep. And he had just gotten the machine, so I think it was still calibrating because it hung out there for a real long time, like yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And then it clicked over. I thought, uh-oh, you know, his... Uh, well, when it, the battery. when it gets up, when it gets up that high, it actually has to slow down the charging and it goes into a trickle charge mode. Right. So that, that could make sense. But yeah, it, it, I believe in the, uh, in the power books and the MacBooks, it's actually circuitry inside the battery that needs to be calibrated. It's, it's not the MacBook yeah. itself. It's the, it's the battery right. itself. But, but yeah, I mean, same, same difference. And, uh, I believe from, from what little I read, I believe the iPod's the same way. So yeah, it probably won't hurt to. To run them all the way down before we uh, before we hit the high seas, as it were. Okay, so uh, anybody needs an iPad battery replaced, Dave's uh, just send Dave's it to me. Challenge, no. just send it. <laughs> no, don't send your iPods to Dave because then you can't listen to us. Well, you probably still could. Hey, you know that's that's another good that's an excellent point that uh, you know I I did that talk last week at the Seacoast uh, Mug with Corey about podcasting and it was. One of the big points that that we made there, and and it's a good point for me to make here, and and you all to make to everyone you know. You do not need an iPod to listen to podcasts. Everyone, you'll be surprised, but there are a ton of people that believe that. And I'll actually, you know, occasionally some of you will write and say, "Yeah, you know, I just started listening to your show, and I think it's great. And now I'm going to hit all these back episodes." And I'm always curious because I want to know, well, how did you find it? And, you know, what what avenues are working for us to, to attract new listeners and what aren't? And uh, and the other question I ask is, you know, what what why did you start now? What what made you start listening to podcasts? And more often than not, it's, oh, well, I just got an iPod. So I thought that'd be a cool thing to do. It's like, oh, uh-huh. it sucks. So. We need to find a way to tell the world. And no, Leo Laporte's whole let's change the name to Netcast thing. Nice idea. Not going to happen. So, uh, then, because you don't need a net either. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> well, you, I, you know, I, I, I think he means the other net. You know what I mean? No. Okay. Right. <laughs> Go. Go. Uh, so that's it. So that's, that's my, uh, that's my story. I'm sticking with it. And, uh, hopefully, Hopefully both the batteries will work and I won't have to take them apart again. Because it's, it's not fun, that, that first bit of opening it in the instruction manual, that, the paper instruction manual that came with it from Tech Restore, um, which is also iPod Restore, for those of you that don't know. Uh, it says, you know, this is not easy. Expect to fail multiple times before you succeed. <laughs> like, oh, Okay. But again, oh, that, that's, that's to get your confidence. <laughs> well, it, it it's good advice, right? I mean, if you if you if they make it sound like it's the easiest thing in the world and you're having trouble, you're going to assume you're doing it wrong, right? But but by them saying in the in the instructions, expect to fail. It's like, oh, okay, got it, you know. Uh, and really, the trick is, and I I got the trick 
not from anything anyone said, either the, the book or, or the guy in the video, but watching him do it uh, on both of them, he puts it in kind of the middle because that's where you can separate it out and then immediately goes to that top corner away from the, the dock connector and separates that out first. And mm-hmm. then and then you're not fighting the thing anymore. Then it wants to be open. You just kind of have to help it along. So, so there you go. That's uh, That's it. We're out of here. Good night. Oh, no. We got more, don't we? Oh, at night. Did, did you see the meteors the other? You know, I, I didn't. I was actually gigging. I had a, a gig with uh, with a, a new soul horn band called Ghetto Fabulous. It was the first gig with them. It's fantastic. Come see us in Manchester on uh, Saturday night if you're around. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you won't be around, but maybe some maybe some listener will. And if you do, you know, come see me. I'm the guy banging on things in the back. Uh, Leonid shower. Anyways. Yeah. Was it cool? Did you see it? Yeah, I saw at least one. Really? Like right outside my front door. Yeah. Pretty cool. That so. is pretty cool. All right. All right. We got questions. We got answers. Yeah, and actually some of you have advice, so uh, so we'll go to Jim. Hi, John and Dave. This is Jim. I wanted to call about the comment on the guy who uh, reformats his hard drive and reinstalls everything um, every six months or so. You, I, mean, I wouldn't expect to ever have to do that, but um, what I do, because I have um, several Macs that I maintain um, in the lab and the school that I work at, is I create a master image. With a master image, I go ahead and um, do um, use Carbon Copy Cloner and create an Apple Restore image. Um, what I would do is boot from um, a CD, and on an external drive, I have my restore image or my Apple uh, restore image on that drive. And basically what I do is I restore the image or restore the hard drive, um, the computer from that image. Um, it does an excellent job, all the files, everything. It just makes an identical carbon copy. You can do that copy onto any of the machines that you choose to do so. Um, I have found that that works better um, sometimes than using NetBoot. Um, if you have an Apple server, um, I've had some success with NetBoot, um, but this one seems to be a little bit um, easier. So on an external drive, I have several different images, one for um, 10.4, one for 10.3, um, and it works fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, if you'd like to email me. Thank you very much, Jim. Yeah, I. you know what? I never had thought about that, John. Had you, uh, had you ever even considered doing that as a... Uh kind of a stopgap no no all right <laughs> nick, nick also wrote in uh, with with all the steps to do this and and he said you know install os 10 and then install all your apps right and run them once in case you need to serialize right get everything to the point where it's ready to go and uh, and then make the image and and nick actually went and said look make the images read only because compressed take too long and no encryption again for, for the same reason to save the processor. And there's no reason to encrypt any of this stuff. And, uh, and then away you go. I, I like it. I think it's a great idea. I used to do it on the windows side all the time when I was administering machines, but n- never ever did it cross my mind that this would be a good idea to do on a Mac. And of course it is. So that's, uh, that's that Joe had, uh, Joe had another interesting idea. Shall we? Uh, well, we, we shall, right? Hey, John and Dave. Joe here from uh, Raleigh. We're just listening to Podcast 78, where a listener was asking if he uh, needed to, to reformat and reinstall all his apps. 
uh, you know, any kind of regular basis and stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't clear, it seemed, uh, that the, what, what the speed-up improvement was. You know, the, the idea of reformatting the drive speed things up or will speed things up if it's associated with, with uh, things that are just misplaced and not sequential or whatever on the drive. Uh, and it also, just because you're doing everything over again, cleans out all kinds of other stuff, like caches and things of that nature. One thing that uh, I do occasionally, uh, as opposed to doing that, is just do, you know, the normal archive and install function, which, you know, pretty much puts a, a clean system on that keeps them from having to reinstall everything. And that actually has shown some pretty significant improvements to me in the past. So that's something that, you know, might be another alternative. It really depends on what kind of speed improvement he was seeing, you know, if it was just, uh, you know, file access or if there were other things, you know, that were slowing things down. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. Bye. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, so if you couldn't hear that, Joe said he was doing an archive and install. Again, that's just from the OS X DVD there and the installer. And, yeah, that I've done that before. That That is a nice kind of happy medium, but uh, your mileage may vary. It uh, it leaves all the apps out there, so, yeah, you know. It, yeah, I personally like uh, Carbon Copy Cloner. Do you? Yeah, if I well, and retrospect sometimes. Okay, okay. Yeah, I use I use retrospect daily for for backups, but that's a little different than than you know what's going on here. So. Yeah, and usually I'll drag my documents to an external drive or something. Uh, uh, every now and then, and or make a zip file of it. You know, archive. Yep. yep. Archive file. Now the, uh, the I seem to recall the uh, OS ten install that's archive. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I think that what that does is it'll archive. From what I recall, that's not a boot. I guess it makes a system folder buried somewhere, but it's not a bootable one. So it's really just for uh, maintaining something in a prior state. But that's right. It, you got to yeah. think about what you're doing. You know, which may not be readily apparent, but you got to think about you know if what you're doing is going to result in something that you can. Or uh, I guess another thing I'm trying to say is make sure you have something around that lets you boot your machine in case. <laughs> Things oh yeah, get to a point where you need to do a restore. Sometimes that gets tricky. Uh, well, yeah, I mean the archive and install leaves your machine bootable, but like John said, it it takes your existing system and library folders, moves them out of the way, and then creates new ones and creates an entire new bootable structure. What it leaves behind is everything else: your applications, your user accounts, all of that. So if you've got a lot of you know cruft and and old preference files and all that stuff piling piled up in your user folder that's not going to help any but when you're doing an install say from you know 10.4 to 10.5 which hopefully we'll all be doing next year uh, the archive and install isn't a bad option at uh at times like that that's uh that not not a bad idea so that's uh that's my thoughts so last week john we did our second uh, in a row Geek challenge, and the point that was challenged was, how do I take a file or a folder and password protect it? I want to, I you know, other people are going to use the machine. I don't want to create a, a separate user account. I just want to take, you know, a certain file or maybe a folder of files and protect them. And we got a lot of comments in 
Uh, and now I'm going to say something that I thought I would never actually say on this show, John, but I'm going to say it. Do you know what it is? No. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey, guys. Byron from Teach Mac here. I have an answer to the Geek Challenge. Jackie wanted to encrypt a file or a folder. Well, the OS doesn't directly do that, but you can use the disk utility to create your own disk image that is encrypted. And in fact, we actually had a Teach Mac module called Apple Apps Volume 1 that covered this very topic, amongst many others. Hope that helps. Bye-bye. Thank you, Byron. Again, that was Byron from TeachMac at teachmac.com. They are our sponsor for this show. They have an application that has all these different modules. Byron talked about one of them there that walk you through doing various things. There's actually a demo of me doing a keyboard shortcut thing with the dictionary in there. Once we get an icon for the Geek Gab, a little 16 by 16 icon, if somebody wants to design one and beat me to the punch, Send it to me, MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. We'll get that right in there, and then we'll be right on the uh, on the front list of uh, of TeachMac. So, and of course, if you want to create modules of any of the things we talk about here, feel free to take our voice as we're discussing what it is we're doing and just do the screenshots over it. That would be fine too, and I think that'd be very cool. So, you are welcome to use it for that. Use the audio from this show for that purpose if uh, if you like. That's TeachMac at TeachMac.com. There was one other, that, that that solution works, right? The disk utility thing, but I was really going for something else. And we had a lot of you write in about the disk utility, and, and one of you even, even said, make sure you use a sparse image, right? Because what a sparse image does in disk utility is you set a, a size, let's say you say it's a 40 megabyte, right, or whatever. The image won't actually be 40 megabytes. It'll only be as big as the contents of the image, It'll max out at that 40 or, again, whatever you have set it to, but it won't just instantly take up 40 megs and have, you know, 39 and a half of them be be empty, uh, if, you know, if you've only got one small file out there. So a sparse image, that's certainly one way to do it. It's very transportable. You can bounce it around from computer to computer. You could even keep it on a flash drive, right? Uh, and that's one way to do it. But I wanted something, you know, I really was looking for how do we make it like OS 9 had, where it was just a password as you went to open the file. You didn't have to mount a new image. And uh, did you see what Larry wrote in about, John? This thing called Larry. Crypt. Yeah, Larry wrote in about something called... Oh, yeah, yeah, Crypt. Crypt, yeah, Crypt 3. Crypt 3. Yeah, from Steve Decourt at D-E-K-O-R-T-E dot com. Of course, that'll be in the show notes. And that pretty much does what... What I heard Jackie describe last week in uh, in the in the question, so uh, so that yet yet another option out there. Um, I haven't I haven't tried it, but uh, Crypt Three sure sounds like uh, sounds like what I envisioned. Is, are you getting the same thing from that, John? No. Oh, that's yes. Too bad. <laughs> well, no. It seemed to be another uh, utility that uh, yep. you know does it on a file level, which you know there was also that J File Crypt thing, which. Uh... Mm-hmm. This may be a bit more polished. Uh, it does yep. look more Mac-like, the other thing being Java. Um, the other thing is um, there's uh, it's something in keychain access that you can do, too. Really? Yeah. Have you ever done this? I think we mentioned it in a I've, I've been in keychain access. But there's something where you can say new secure note item. Oh. You can make secure notes within keychain access, oddly enough. Huh. 
Not as far as I can tell within the notepad. Right, um, right. Is that what it's called? It's called note, uh, stickies, I'm sorry. Stickies, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm switching into Windows mode. This is terrible. <laughs> as far as I know, you can't create a secure sticky, but if you go into keychain access and say create a secure note. Look at that. The contents of the note will not reveal themselves unless you give a password. Interesting. Huh. So it's like an application. It's part of keychain access, right, which up right. until this point, a lot of people probably never really bothered to look at because you really don't need to. It's a, it's one of those right. little, you know, nice little OS ten things that you don't really think about. Every now and then it'll pop up, but yep. Huh. So just thought I'd. Uh, That's pretty cool. Interesting. I, I uh, along those lines, I use uh, as you may have heard me mention a number of times. I use Yojimbo to manage a lot of things, including all of the stuff that we use for the show. And Yojimbo allows you to secure individual items and and force a password to open uh, or access them in any way. Uh, so and it seems very similar to to this secure notes idea here in in Keychain. So something else to check out. That's very cool. I, I you know I'm in Keychain access a lot, clearing things out and cleaning things up, and I never yeah. e- never even noticed that it was there. So shame on me. I don't know why it's there either. It just seems to be a weird place. I mean, yeah. it involves passwords, but yeah, other than that. So, uh, gosh, what else we got? You know, uh, Byron called two zero six 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 geek, which is four three three five, to leave his message. As, as did everyone else that you've heard on the show. If you have something to say, call us now. In fact, put it in your phone speed dial. Right, two zero six 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 four three three five. That way, no matter where you are, if something hits you, bam, you can call us. You don't even have to think about it. And you could list it as as geek. So all you have to say is geek. Geek into your phone. Look at that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, You know, last week I mentioned that at Macworld Expo, uh, I think it's Tuesday afternoon at about 1.30, I'm doing a Windows on a Mac session, um, talking all about how to use Windows on a Mac, what the options are, what uh how you might use it and all of the caveats involved etc etc actually i'm really looking forward to it i finished my my essentially the first draft of the presentation last week and i'm really stoked about this that said you folks are probably a good smattering of the type of audience that i'm going to have at the show so if you get a moment give me a call shoot me an email tell me do you use windows on a mac uh, if so, how do you use it? How, you know, what frequency, what apps do you use? Uh, or if you don't, do you want to and why, right? What, 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 it, what's got you thinking about this? So I, I'd be curious to hear because I, you know, I can still obviously tailor my presentation and, and would love to have all of the, uh, the input from you folks as we, yeah. as we roll into January. I was thinking the why question immediately. Why, why would why? you want to do That's this? Right. Yeah. And uh, there are reasons there are. And, and probably later in December, I may, we, well, I, we may do a show on, uh, on windows on the Mac. I may take, you know, some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, uh, at the, uh, at the expo and run through it here, have, have John poke some holes in it for us and, uh, and see what we can't do. Maybe Santa will get me an Intel Mac. I still don't have one, you know, I, I'm aware of this, John, you, you mention it quite, quite frequently, you know, <laughs> well, just. Thought I'd mention in case, you know, somebody's thinking of getting me a present. I can't guarantee that Santa's going to bring you a uh, an Intel Mac, but, but Santa might bring you a ticket to the Cirque de Mac party, you know, which is also <laughs> at Macworld Expo the night after uh, I do my presentation. Uh, so, and of course, the Macworld All-Star Band will be playing. Then, oh, it's not Ghetto Fabulous. It's a whole different band. Paul what? Kent, Bob Levitas, Chris Breen, 
me, Brian Chaffin. It's a lot of fun. So if you're interested in coming, I can't promise you. I think we're going to be able to get John in this year. But uh, but if there's any of you, yeah, that, I, if there's any of you that want to go, let me know. We'll, we'll put you on the list and see what we can do. Yeah, it sounded like everybody was having a real good time the last part. <laughs> when, you, when you were outside peering through the window <laughs> as, the, as the bouncer was escorting you away. <laughs> I tried to convince him I was on the staff, but he wouldn't believe me. <laughs> I did uh, forget my ticket, but they, they did let me in. So. Hey, shh, don't, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Must have a ticket. That's the, that's the rule. Well, I had a card. That, that uh-huh. Worked. Sure you did. I did. Okay. Uh-huh. Here, you know, a picture of Mr. Uh, Jackson. There. <laughs> that always helps. Yeah. That, or the, not George so much. Or not not George so much or, or Abe. Yeah. Or Ben. Yeah. Ben will work. Yeah. All right. All right. Lee, has, we'll move on to some new questions. Lee has, uh, has something that, well... Here's what he has. Hello, John and Dave. Whoa. This is Lee Andrew from the UK. Hi, Lee. I have bought myself a 300 gigabyte external hard drive connected via USB 2 to my iMac G5. Now, I've also recently bought myself a MacBook, and with that, I would like to access some files on that external hard drive. But I do not want to disconnect the external hard drive from my iMac G5. The problem is, I have absolutely found no way to connect to the external hard drive via the network or any other way. So any help on this would be greatly appreciated. Keep up the great work. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye. You want to take this one, John? Um, I'm going to guess both you and I, I think, listened to this and were like, hmm, that's weird because that should just kind of work. Yeah. And it probably the only will. Thing I'm, the only thing I'm thinking that, that, that could be the problem, so let me go back to what you should be doing, what you should be doing is plugging it into the iMac, I believe it was. Yep, um, that's right sharing and so my favorite let's not skip over that let's go to the system preferences right system preferences and go to the sharing sharing pane section yep and then that then brings up three sub panes services and services the one that i like is personal file sharing that's right when you click on the little checkbox now you can also do window sharing but i would no need not not for this not for this that's right yeah there's ftp and a few others but let's go personal file sharing and then on the other machine on my network, you click on the... Uh, this is where I think the problem may be. If you click on network... In the finder, you mean? In the finder, yep. on the machine that he would like to access the hard drive hooked yep. up to the other machine. Yep. And here, Because I even tried this this evening. I'm like, you know, is there something that, you know, that's all of a sudden not working? Yeah. And the only problem is if you click on network, you may not see anything for a while. That's right. And it's very... Uh, to me, and that's one thing that I find bothersome sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of unpredictable when a network volume will pop up in network. Yes. And I don't know how you fix that, but I don't get a sense. And event, and that actually happened to me. Initially, there was nothing there. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, is Apple talk off? You may want to, you know, check that. Shouldn't uh, need it, though. router? You shouldn't, shouldn't. But, you know, it can't hurt. No, nope, that's true. Something. That's true. You know, is the router blocking it, though? It shouldn't be blocking nope. whatever IP port is being... Uh, yeah, so... It, though I think that was a problem years ago. You would have devices that would block Apple talk when that yeah. was the big protocol. yeah. So that's about all I have is just, you know, you may have to twiddle yeah. your thumbs a bit. Well, you can if, you also... d- if you don't see it there, uh, if you go back to the sharing pane on the iMac, it'll tell yeah. you uh, at the top of that sharing pane, it'll say other computers on your local subnet can access your computer at and give you uh, a name, right? So then you go back to the finder on your MacBook Pro, 
You go up to the Go menu at the top of the screen, and all the way at the bottom of that menu is Connect to Server. Type in the name there, exactly as you see it, and uh, and then and then click Connect. That should bring up a window that asks you for a username and a password. As long as the username and password that you type in at this point is an administrator of the computer, you'll get a list of not only the home folder of that particular user, but all of the volumes connected to that computer. If it's not an admin, you won't see all of the volumes. So uh, if it, once you log in there, pick the volume you want to mount, uh, and you're good to go. If you want to, if you want to, then drag it to your uh, to your dock or something, so that you've got a quick way of reaccessing it. That will work too, right? Yeah, and I tried this with a uh, FireWire drive, not a USB drive, though it shouldn't make a difference. Uh, right. The other thing is that box that comes up, the, the one that you were talking about, Go, and then... Uh, yeah. Um, oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go, connect the, to server. Uh, connect to server. Yeah. In that field, I, I didn't know you could just put that name there, but a yep. lot of times you can also put a prefix, like for Apple Share. Oh, right. Keep going on about that. You could do AFP colon slash slash for right. FTP. Yep. FTP colon slash slash, and I think for Windows, SMB, SMB colon right. slash slash, and then, and then I don't know if you mentioned it, but you can also make it a, uh, a favorite, a favorite yep. once you connect, so you don't have to do that again. Yeah, and so, that's actually very handy. Yeah, and really, so you could when, be on a slow network or uh, when when you just type the know. name in, it it I believe it defaults to using AFP, even though you haven't typed it. So that's uh, because that's what it thinks you're going to do, I guess. Right? Yeah. So, okay. uh, so, so hopefully, that, hopefully that's that. the problem. Yeah. If I, not, um, you know, let us uh, know. You send in nice sounding comments, Lee. So, uh, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. glad to, uh, glad to have them. So here's, uh, here's another one from the voicemail number from, uh, 206-666-4335. Or if you've followed the instructions, simply turn on your cell phone, hit the, the dial button and say geek. Geek. That's right. Hey, John and Dave, this is Jason Hipkins. Um, I had a simple question with a finder issue. I don't know if you guys could uh, enlighten me on this. Um, the size of the columns, a lot of times I have file folders that are named longer, and I always, every time I open it, I have to stretch it out so I can see. Is there any way to defaultly set the width of a column in finder uh, so that every time you open uh, finder up to search for files or move files that, that they are the same, that they can be wider defaultly and set a certain width. Thank you very much. Um, you can reach me at... We will leave that out for uh, for everyone's sake. Wow. Yeah. So uh, my thoughts on this are, what from what I've found, is if you click... There's, there's two ways to open a window in the finder, right? One is okay but two of them do the same thing one is by if you don't if you're not in the finder or you're in the finder and no windows are open i guess no windows or you have to have no windows open for this one to work if you just click on the finder icon in the dock that's the same as going into the finder and choosing new finder window mm -hmm. okay if you take this window and put it wherever you want it on the screen adjust its size adjust the size of all of the uh the columns, obviously set it to column view if you want, and then close that window. The next time you do either click on the finder icon or file new finder window, 
it will replicate exactly what you've done, but you've got to close it. You've got to open it, do whatever you're going to do, and close it. Don't spawn any new windows, just that one. Is that, uh, have you found that, that to be the case, John? Yes. Okay. So, but it's annoying because, yep. <laughs> like you said, yep. so, uh, I'm sorry, I was talking about views before, that you have three views. Ah, yeah, there's three there. views. Yeah. So, but now, if, I don't know which one he was talking about. I personally like, and I don't know if it's the default, but what about, I guess we call list view. Okay. The middle one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, at least that's the one I use most of the time. Yeah. My guess is he's using column view based on based on what he said. And you can set the width of, of the columns here. And you can also do that in list view. Um, the the other way to open a finder window is to double click on, on the hard drive in question. And that will do the same thing, but, but it's a separate preference. So the new finder window is separate from the new hard drive window. Uh, if that if that suits your fancy. So now, also, in the column view, though, there is a little box, and it's, uh, you know, meaning maybe kind of obscure, but at the bottom of the column. That's right. If you click on that, it kind of, yeah, bops between the, uh, I don't know why that's in there and not in the other, it, it, it's very, yeah. Yeah, that's true, yeah, Re resizing the columns in, in column view, as John said, is at the bottom of the column divider is the the the, the width adjuster. In list view, it's actually at the top where all of the uh, the title headings or the uh, column headings are. Uh, that's where you, if you find the little spacer between them, that's where you adjust. Yeah, I was just playing with that today. I, yeah. I, I don't know if I'm crazy about the column view, though. Oh, I live I live with the column view. Really? It's, oh, it's a wonderful mm, thing. Sometimes icon view. Let's say I'll do icon view sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, list I, view. I love the column view. Very, very, very easy to navigate. And of course, okay. in, col in column view, you can preview everything, right? If you click on a, a movie or something, you can play it right there. If you click on a picture, you can see the info for uh, it. Uh, okay. Yes. Aha. Uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> 206-666-GEEK. Uh, where are we doing on time here? You know what? I, I think we're just going to, uh, we're just going to wrap this one up. We don't need to, uh, we don't need Got to some turkey to kill. Crazy. We I mean, turkey <laughs> to eat. We have turkey to eat. That's right. Or you could have a tofurkey if you're uh, yeah. into being nice to animals. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I mean, and, and this gets far more political than the show I would ever need to. But uh, as long as you're using the entire turkey, there's nothing wrong with uh, now I've heard of with eating a turkey. Yeah. Now I've heard yeah. of. Is it a the turkey? What? Or a chidukey? Chid it's a. I think you put a duck inside a chicken inside a turkey. Yuck. I remember what it was called. It was wow. like a mix of all those. That sounds terrible. I've heard of it being done, and, and huh? then you fry it. Mm. Wow, well, there you go. I think we're just going to have an oven prepared. Uh, hey, you know, if, you, if you're going to deep fry that turkey in one of them deep fryers, A, like John said, <laughs> don't put it in frozen. That's just not an experiment you want to do at home. Turducken. Uh, Turducken, that's what it's called. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> turkey, a duck, and a chicken. Turducken. Now... <laughs> It, oh, it's, so it's actually a turkey, a duck, and a chicken all, like, crammed together? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Three, three, three birds in one. Wow, three, three birds in one. But wait, there's less. Uh, there's way more. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you're going to fry it, make sure you uh, you keep the temperature consistent all the way through. Uh, I mm -hmm. And I forget what, 
these guys were pros. I forget what they were doing, but I think it was I don't somewhere. I think you want to go much above 350. That, I, was, I was just going to say, I think it's somewhere between 3 and 350, but the trick is keeping it consistent. And you only, you, you cook it for, well, for as long as you're supposed to with the weight. But I think for, for us, we cooked it for a little more than a half hour. And then the best part was we ate the turkey, right? And went, and then packed everything up, including the, the TV and the satellite dish and all of that stuff, right? And uh, all the tents, packed it all up, went in and saw the, uh, the Jets play. And then we came out, and of course, parking lot is a parking lot. You can't drive. So we unpacked everything and then watched the, the late football game on the, uh, on the satellite dish there out in the parking lot. And, uh, and took the leftover turkey and made turkey soup, right? That that was killer. Yeah, nice on a cold day. I'm not a you know I'm not a huge football fan there, but uh, I do I do enjoy watching the Patriots. I'll, I'll I'll admit that, but that's just simply because I live in New England. It has nothing to do with my my sports preference. It's just it's just a thing. When you live in New England, it's like the Sox and the Patriots are this this weird little thing. Everybody keeps it a secret, or some of the people do. But not me. My secret's out. What were we talking about? I think we were talking Secret. about na- nation, nation states. That's right. Our, nation our, states. Yeah, come, yeah, I'm getting a recycle on some of the issues. Yeah, but the good that. thing is when you get up Over. to five, 500 million in yeah. the population, you can create yep. new issues or submit new issues anyway. Sweet. Yeah. I'm almost oh, there. Boy. I was like at 480 or 479 earlier today. So I, And I, you can also customize the way you refer to your uh, nation. Mm-hmm. I have all the canned ones, but when you go over five hundred million, so we're. Uh... I've I've got a great one. Certainly, by the time we do the next show, I'll, I'll, I've I've been thinking about this for a long time. So uh, mm-hmm. so you'll just have to tune in and see, and I won't say it on the show. You just have to play nation states at yeah. nationstates.net. And we're, and we're one of the biggest nations right now. I think we have but biggest region. Mighty, Geek, Geeks mighty, Unite. Geeks Unite. Mighty is, influence. Is it have. mighty now? I thought it was very high. Wow, mighty. I think it's mighty. Wow, that's awesome. That's great, actually. Uh, what, what do we got here? Cashfly Hosting is where you downloaded the show. Our podcast marketplace this month, six high isolator earphones from Metamotic, the A5 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, and, of course, TeachMac from TeachMac.com. The Backbeat Media Podcast Network is where you go to sponsor us. And things are getting pretty full. We don't like to have too many sponsors in the show because then it, A, clouds the show, and B, doesn't allow us to highlight the sponsors so uh we're, we're fairly full but i think there's room for uh for one or two more in there uh, unless we month. hire that guy that talks really fast really really fast thank just, you very much yeah <laughs> we just cram him in <laughs> all right uh comments please mac geek yeah, at MacObserver.com. that's right oh oh the comments yeah yeah go do the comments that's, thing that's right not the comments that that happened already the comments what are you talking about hello <laughs> Uh, so we'll be here next week, but the week after, I'm taking off. I'm not here. I will be totally unreachable. It'll be the first time in eight years that I will be detached from the grid. And though it scares the life out of me, I'm actually looking forward to it. So uh, Take off, eh? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and with that... You're not even going to bring the crackberry? Promise? I, I'll have it, but I'm going to turn it off. Uh, yeah, well, I'll need it while I travel. Yeah, I mean, on, you know, on the airplane and stuff. I don't want to be on an airplane without it. So Do you really need it? Yeah, if something if something happens, yeah, absolutely. With the kids, no question. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but then it turns off on the boat. So, but we'll see you next week. I'm not going yet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for staying subscribed. Tell your friends. Don't get caught. 
made of.